To God be the glory for the things he has done. I greet you in the name of our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Uh, To our pastor, Reverend Terrell F. Jones, God bless you. To all of you here in New St. Bethel, God bless you. Deacons, ushers, everybody, God bless you. To my parents, my pastor, uh, Pastor Weatherspoon and Lady Weatherspoon, God bless you. Thank you. Amen. To my wonderful wife, God bless you. Thank you so much. Amen. To all the, fa- to the family, Jones family, God bless all of you. Amen. Grammy too. God bless, God bless, God bless. And to everyone's I didn't mention, God bless you too. Hallelujah. It is so good to be here to celebrate Black History Month. It is so good to be here in my dashiki. Amen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Between the food in the back, the dashiki on, and the choir selections, I don't know about y'all, but I'm feeling like I'm in the 60s right about now. I wasn't even born then. I feel it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Lest I keep you too long, I'd like to share a word. I believe there's a word from the Lord for us today. If you would turn with me to a familiar passage of Scripture, Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter number 1. Let's start at verse number 3. Daniel chapter 1. Let's start at verse number 3. Thank God for our youth today. Daniel chapter 1, starting at verse number 3. If you have it, please say amen. All right, I'll be reading from the uh, English Standard Version. Starting at verse 3, the Bible says, Then the king commanded Ashpenaz, his chief eunuch, to bring some of the people of Israel, both of the royal family and of the nobility, youth without blemish, of good appearance and skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, competent to stand in the king's palace and to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans. The king assigned them a daily portion of the food that the king ate and of the wine that he drank. They were to be educated for three years. At the end of that time, they were to stand before the king. Among these were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah of the tribe of Judah. The chief of the eunuchs gave them names. Daniel he he called Belteshazzar. Hananiah he called Shadrach. Mishael he called Meshach. Azariah he called Abednego. Verse 8, but Daniel resolved he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. Finally, verse 9, and God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. You may have your seat. For the time we have today to share, I want to share with you from this thought, set the standard. Go ahead and please repeat that back to me, set the standard. Hallelujah. I believe today word from the Lord today for us will speak to our youth, but also remember our heritage. In this message, we will identify similarities in our history and this text, but also encourage our youth, finally convert our hearts to develop and or follow godly purposes for our lives. 
introduce this text, King Nebuchadnezzar came to Judah and Jerusalem and besieged the city. He surrounded Jerusalem, attacked the walls, using battering rams until he could break, until he could breach the walls. Once he did, he and his men entered into Jerusalem and started taking, capturing people away. Among those that Nebuchadnezzar grabbed, he grabbed not only the treasure from the Lord's temple. Furthermore, he grabbed the talent. He didn't just take the treasure. He also took young people with him. He took some that were grown, and then also he took of the youths and children with him. My first point to bring out to you is that Nebuchadnezzar executed cultural cleansing. Cultural cleansing. What he did in verse 3 and 4 is he stripped Judah of their talent. He moved the Jewish youth from Judah into Babylon. Next, what he did is he stripped Judah of their bright future. When he took the youth, he took away the potential leaders of Judah. He took away their future so that the nation of, so that Judah and Jerusalem could not rise without their youth. What also Nebuchadnezzar did, which is really interesting in verse 4, is he stripped these children of their culture. Look what he did, child of God. He took the children of nobility. He took the children of the king. He took the children of princes. He took the children of the elite. And then what he did was he wanted the best of the best. What he did was he grabbed, he selected those that had no blemishes. And they were well favored. That means they had no physical defect or deformity. Furthermore, they, couldn't, they not only had to have no blemish, but in being well favored, they had to be what we would call eye candy. Oh, come on, you adults. I know some of y'all know what eye candy is. There was a time when the fair-skinned brother was in vogue. Y'all not going to help me, huh? Nowadays, it's the dark-skinned brother. That's the apple of the woman's eye. Uh-huh. You're still not going to help me, huh? Yeah, there, there was a time when, yeah, look how things have changed. See, when the alphas got together, Alpha Phi Alpha got started, they picked those that were, uh, were fair-skinned because those are the ones who could probably pass for Caucasian in order to be introduced. But nowadays, it doesn't matter if you're fair-skinned or darker-skinned. The truth of the matter is now, if you, are, if, you can, if you can be successful no matter what skin you have. Uh-huh. Nebuchadnezzar says, there's no, I want the ones with no blemish. I want the ones that look really good. And then I want those that are skillful. I want them, they, they got to be cunning and they've got to understand science. Meaning that they ought to be wise or act wisely. I want those who, have, who are perceptive and discerning. In other words, the ones who make a mistake the first time and learn from it. Not the ones who keep making the same two or three mistakes over and over and over again. I want the best of the best. Nebuchadnezzar also picks those who have ability to serve. Those who, have, those who know a little culture. Amen. Uh, and and in today's time, it'd be those who know how to use a knife and fork. You're not helping me. You know, there's some that still eat everything with their hands. 
Some have learned how to use the knife and fork properly, learned table manners. You're not helping me. Yeah. That he wants those that have that seem to have some dignity about themselves. Yeah, that's what Nebuchadnezzar wanted. And he wanted them to learn another language. They're used to the Hebrew tongue. But Nebuchadnezzar wants them to learn Chaldean, which is a completely different language with its own dialect and pronunciation. Uh-huh. So it's, it's Nebuchadnezzar executing a cultural cleansing to strip these Jewish youths and turn them into Babylonian servants. Uh-huh. In the process, child of God, we ought to take a look at our own culture and see the similarities. Our ancestors spoke African, but then to come over here to this country, they had learned to speak English. That's the language of power over here. Amen. They had to learn another language to get ahead. They also had to learn the culture over here. Much different from what they had back home. Uh-huh. They've had to learn a new culture, learn a new language. And then furthermore, um, notice also that the treasures that were in Africa have also been taken out of the land too. Oh, come on, ladies. You remember the, you remember the slogan, diamonds are forever? And you happen to know where the diamonds came from? Not, not Jared. They come out of mines in Africa. And it's Africans who are mining those, those diamonds, working for pennies every day. Meanwhile, they're being sold for hundreds of thousands of dollars to the highest bidder. But that treasure came out of Africa. Yes, indeed. Don't think that the gold came out of the jewelry store either. It came from Africa. Yes, indeed. Oil still comes from Africa, too. Yes, indeed. And most importantly, the people come out of Africa, too. Yes, indeed. So those are our experiences. It's similar to what Daniel experienced, that our treasures and talent were taken from Africa. Then furthermore, the captives were sold as slaves. The children are stripped of their heritage, language, and culture. Young people, I speak to you today especially because you are our future. You are our best treasure. I'll say that one more time. Children, you are our best treasure. We might get upset with you for putting a dent in the car, but make no mistake, you are more valuable than any car we've got. Let me go a little further. We might have special jewelry in the cabinet, but more importantly, we'd sell that to keep you safe. You're still not helping me. You are, we were hard on you for a reason because you are our hope. You are our future. You are of much more value than anything we have. We buy the Xbox One to keep you happy. We put food on the table to keep you fed. We put clothes on your body to keep you clothed. We pay for the school. Our taxes pay for schools so that you can have a better future and a better education than our ancestors had. I still don't hear you talking to me. We are doing everything we can. Because you are our future. You are our hope. And our hopes rest in you. So while we have a black history program, young people, what I want you to do, 
please make sure to value your heritage and culture. Please don't be embarrassed about the past. Embrace it. That's where we come from. That's who we are. That, that's who my ancestors were. And some of us are more, a little more militant these days. We said if it would have been me, I'd have you know, fought the slave master back. The truth of the matter is that's why our ancestors were smart enough. For a future, they recognized they had to compromise a little bit, negotiate, do what needed to be done because it's not about me, it's about my future. Amen. So, so remember, young people, our history, but also remember your value. You are the greatest asset we could ever have. And so we treasure you. I know we hard on you. I know some of us can be really hard on you. But that's because we see what God can do with you. So what we don't want you to do is despite the cultural cleansing that happens in this country toward us, don't forget your value. And don't forget your heritage, where you come from. Amen. Your last name might be African, but the great news is you still are African. Yes, indeed. I, I did a little research on my name. My name is Irish. My name is Irish, so I know good and well. I got a slave owner name. I know that. But I'm not trading being black for nobody. Do I have a witness in here? I know our history ain't, ain't been that great, but I'm not trading this skin for anybody. We've come through too much and come too far to trade the skin in for nobody. Do I have a witness in here? How many are glad to be black? We're the culture where James Brown comes from. Anybody glad to be black? We're the culture with Mar from Marvin Gaye is from. Anybody glad to be black? We're the culture that took the junk that the slave that the slave owner wouldn't eat and turned it into something desirable called soul food. Anybody glad to be black in here? Yes, indeed. We're the ones that put the flavor in life. We're the ones that put flavor in the culture. Nobody knew what a baby mama was or a baby daddy was till we said it. Am I telling the truth, Pastor? Nobody didn't know about baby mama drama until we the ones that started that. We the ones that said hoopty. We're the ones that created the slang that the world tries to emulate. I saw one shirt on uh, my Facebook timeline that says, they want the rhythm but don't want our blues. Did I say it? They want our rhythm, but they don't want the blues. If you want our rhythm, you got to go through the blues to get it. Yes, indeed. I got to move on. I got to move on. So Nebuchadnezzar executed a cultural cleansing. Then what Nebuchadnezzar does is he executes a cultural challenge. Cultural challenge. If you look at verses 5 through 7, Nebuchadnezzar appears to be benevolent. He is going to feed these qualified Jewish youth his food and wine. Nebuchadnezzar is going to give them what, what I like to call an internship. Three years of training. And at the end of those three years, you got to come before me, take a test. If you pass, you can serve and work for me. 
Mm-hmm. So he's going to feed them, saying, look, I don't have the food that y'all had in Jerusalem and Judah, but you're welcome to my table. It's a generous offer. But if you read between the lines, you'll see Nebuchadnezzar is offering also a way to divide the Jewish youth. Here's what he's trying to do. To those who are the best of the best, you eat at my table. To those of y'all that get rejected, you go back to the back of the line. You don't have it yet, do you? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, he's, he's trying to revive a social status and social class again. See, when they all came from Judah, they were all one class, slaves. But now that some have proven, are going to prove themselves as being uh, worthy of his court, Nebuchadnezzar is going to start separating the wheat from the chaff. Okay, let me bring it home right quick. Isn't one of the problems for us as African Americans is that those of us who are fair-skinned despise those who are dark-skinned? And then the same problem for those of us who are darker-skinned, we, we despise those that are lighter-skinned? We still have that clash among us today. Never mind the fact that we all at the same level. We still have that problem. There was a time when young ladies would play with the Caucasian Barbie doll and leave the dark-skinned one where it is on the shelf because we seem to devalue our own skin and our own culture. Yeah, but Nebuchadnezzar tries to revive the social status. Keep in mind, these young people, some of them were children of princes, children of kings, so they're accustomed to better. They're accustomed to, to a higher lifestyle. They're accustomed to a... To, to a separation of society. So Nebuchadnezzar offers them this challenge. If you work for me, you can get back some of what you lost. Mm-hmm. So he offers, furthermore, a taste of the good life. Yeah, food and wine from the king's table sounds a whole lot better than what they feed you in jail. Mm-hmm. Sounds a whole lot better. How many of us would probably certainly sure enough want something from the king's table if it meant getting out of the jail? And for some of us, that's how we feel. It's like we, get, we got out of the suburbs, we got out of the, out of the ghetto, it's on you to get out. Leads us to that crab mentality. I got mine, you've got to get yours. Uh-huh. It's a taste of the good life. Uh, We as African Americans have experienced a taste of the good life too. We didn't have rights. Now we do. We didn't. There were certain privileges we didn't have that we have now. My mother tells me about the time my grandfather got stationed at McClellan. I think back in the 60s. Am I correct? And he tried to apply for a house in Foothill Farms. Y'all know that that neighborhood back there. You know, on, on, on I-80 between Madison and Greenback? Yeah. And they told him no because of the color of his skin. Nothing wrong with his application except the fact it was who provided the application. Now you look at that neighborhood and go, I wouldn't want to live there now. It has gone way down. This, remember, young people, that despite the advances we make, this is still the country that treats us sometimes as second-class citizens anyway. Please don't forget this. So it's a taste of the good life Nebuchadnezzar offers. But look at the temptation. Nebuchadnezzar offered wine. It's not that the Jews don't drink wine. 
But however, it's believed that Nebuchadnezzar's wine might have been mixed with the blood of his enemies. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. And furthermore, Nebuchadnezzar, the meat he ate, one of the things on his table might have been swine, pork, the oink oink, the pink one. Yeah. The other white meat. You're not helping me, huh? Yeah. Those things are forbidden for Jews to eat. Nebuchadnezzar says, you can eat from my table, but you're going to eat whatever I provide. And some of what he provided was not right for Jews to partake. Uh-huh. Furthermore, the king's food may have also been offered to idols. Another thing Jews won't do is bow before an idol. So the cultural challenge for, from Nebuchadnezzar to the young people is, if you're going to serve for me, work for me, this is what you're going to have to accept. Uh-huh. Let me move forward. Nebuchadnezzar got bold with his challenge. He not only tried to change their dietary restrictions, offering them a, a piece of the good life, what he also tried to do was change their names. Matter of fact, not tried to. He did change their names. Yeah. yeah, these children's names were changed. Their names were honoring God. In particular, Daniel's name means God is my judge. Hananiah's name means the Lord is gracious. Mishael's name is, means who is like the Lord. And Azariah's name means the Lord is my helper. All their names honored God. However, Nebuchadnezzar had them changed to honor idol gods. Young people, I want to tell you, even though your name is probably not African in, uh, in its origin, uh, the great news, though, is recognize the true intentions behind what's being done. Amen. That what is being offered is not always being offered for your benefit. It's crumbs from the table. When Yeah, don't settle for crumbs from the table when you can have the whole loaf of bread. Hallelujah. Please don't settle for a seventh or eighth grade education when you can get a bachelor's degree. To those of y'all who want to continue on, please don't settle for a bachelor's degree when you can get a doctorate. Please don't think bachelor's is the best you can do. You can be a doctor. And please don't disrespect a master's degree either. You can still go and be all that you can be. Hallelujah. So recognize the true intentions behind the handouts. That not every handout is really going to help you up. Some things are just to keep you quiet. But if you open your mouth unto the Lord and don't take it back, he can provide greater for you. Hallelujah. I've got to move. I've got to move. Number three, young people, is look at the cultural commitment. Nebuchadnezzar was offering a cultural cleansing and offered a cultural challenge. But look at the cultural commitment. In verse 8, Daniel is counting his losses. Look at what he's lost, child of God. He's lost his home. He's lost his freedom. He's lost his culture. He's lost his language. And he done lost his name. When you count the losses, look at how bad that is, y'all. This would, this would make most of us try to quit. Why continue to serve God in a situation like this where everything has changed? I don't get to go back home and go back to the store I grew up with. 
I don't get to go back around the old neighborhood anymore. Why I got to move all the way out here? Look at what Daniel lost. But in spite of what Daniel lost, young people, he has a plan. His plan is, I'm going to decline whatever the king serves. Yeah. And here's what Daniel's purpose is. I'm going to remain undefiled before God. James 1 and 27 tells us that to live, to have pure religion before God is this. It's to visit the orphans and widows. That's what the scripture says. And furthermore, keep your oneself unspotted from the world. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's about keeping ourselves clean and cleansed and ready for service that God calls us to. I believe the word tells us to be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I believe the scripture also says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, for you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, pleasing unto God, which is your reasonable service. Daniel has decided with this purpose that Nebuchadnezzar, you can take everything else, this is where Daniel gets a little militant, then right here. If I have a one witness, you can say power to the people with me. Daniel says, one thing I will not do is I'm not trading my relationship with God for nobody. Yeah, you can take, you can take my name, you can change my culture, you can change my language, you can take away my freedom, you can move me from home, but the one thing I won't exchange is my relationship with God. Despite the fact I'm in prison, God has not forsaken me. Despite the fact my name has been changed, I'm still serving the same God. Despite the fact my freedom has been taken, I can still worship God in this way. Despite the fact you've changed my language, I'm still going to call on the name of the Lord. Do I have a witness in here that's going to call on the name of the Lord? Do I have anybody here that's recognizing that the power is not in your name? The power is not in the culture. The power is not in your language. But the power is in the name of the Lord. I believe the Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run in and are safe. So young people, respect your relationship with God. For in this world, if it's the only thing you have, you still have all you need. Remember your history and value. Recognize the true intention. Respect your relationship with God. It's time for me to let y'all go, children. In verse 9, the Bible says God gave Daniel favor. Yeah. In verse 9, it says God brought Daniel into favor with his superior. Uh, yeah, he, he got favor in front of the chief of the eunuchs. What tells me, young people, is you can live for God and still be successful. You don't have to trade in or compromise anything to, to, to still be successful. Because the, if you take a stand for God, God will honor you. Yes, he will. Enoch walked with God and his favor was that God translated him so that he would not see death. Daddy Moses didn't give up his true heritage. And in return, God used him to lead Israel out of Egypt. Noah preached judgment. 
and built the ark and God favored him by saving him and his family from destruction. Joseph resisted, resisted Potiphar's wife and he endured slavery in prison. God favored him to be the executive of Egypt. Joshua and Caleb spoke faith in God to take the promised land. In return, God favored them by letting them enter into the promised land. Jonathan believed God would deliver his effort to attack the Philistine garrison. In return, God favored Jonathan by allowing his attack to be successful. David believed God would give him victory over Goliath. In return, God's favored David by giving him the victory. To where we can always say, for every Goliath, there's a David. <laughs> the three, later on in Daniel, the three Hebrew boys refused to worship the idol that Nebuchadnezzar made under threat of death. And yet God favored them by not only delivering them from the flame, but God himself showed up in the flame. Hallelujah. I've got to let you go. I got one more for you. Jesus went to Calvary to save a wretch like you and me. Yeah, they hung him high. They stretched him wide. He hung his head and then he died. But God favored him because that's not how the story is. Three days later, he rose again. I'm here to tell y'all that God will favor you if you stand up for it. Young people, set the standard. Set the standard. Carry it forward. We've gone this far. Take us a little higher. Don't settle for anything less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Don't trust in the sweetest frame, but wholly lean to his name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All on the ground is sinking sand. Build your hopes uh, on things eternal uh, and hold on uh, to God's unchanging hand. Uh, hey, uh, somebody help me uh, by setting a standard. Uh, we can give to our neighbors uh, and God will bless us. Uh, we can forgive our loved ones uh, and God will bless us. We can turn the other cheek uh, and God will bless us. We don't have to be imprisoned to a sentence. Uh, God will deliver us. Uh, we don't have to cheat, steal, and beg. Uh, God will provide. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. We don't have to be a hustler. We can still be blessed. We can still be favored. But if you hold on to God's hand, if you set the standard, God will bless you. If you, put, if you don't put your trust in man, God will bless you. If you put your trust in God, he will show up and come through. Do I have a witness in here today that God will come through? Be not dismayed, whatever be time. God will take care of you beneath his wings of love abide. God will, God will take care of you.